You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostrecker of Ravens Wire, and we are back with another episode on this Thursday. And it's the Thursday before the Ravens go to Cleveland to take on the Browns for the rights to the top seed in the AFC. Again, if the Ravens beat the Browns, they will have sole possession of that. They will clinch it, and they will have that top seed. The playoffs will run through Baltimore, and that's a huge, huge part of the playoffs having home field advantage making sure that your fans are the ones cheering on the team that's huge so hopefully the Ravens can get it done and we're going to go through our usual Thursday routine here getting into some general Ravens news notes and quotes first in the first segment and then we're going to talk about how this Browns game went last time for Baltimore what the team said what the players and coaches said and kind of how it sparked the Ravens' current 10-game winning streak, and how it'll be a different game. And then in our final segment, we'll get into a mini preview of the Ravens at Browns game, getting into the stats, key matchups, and final score predictions. So let's get right into it. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Remember, we have daily content coming out every Monday through Friday. 6 a.m. daily is when it is posted. Of course, that's Eastern Time. It's where Baltimore is. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnRavens, and my personal Twitter, at KOstriker34. But with that general maintenance out of the way, let's now get into the good stuff, the general Ravens news, notes, and quotes. Lamar Jackson yesterday winning his fifth AFC Player of the Week honors that ties the record one more and he will break it. So hopefully Lamar can do that in Week 16 against the Browns. And hopefully that's the last game Lamar Jackson has to play in the regular season. Of course, there's been some speculation if the Ravens do clinch the top seed, whether Lamar Jackson will play and whether some of the starters will play in the final game against Pittsburgh at home. And we don't really know. We've heard some rumors. Ian Rappaport was one who reported somebody else said that Lamar Jackson would sit. And that would probably be the smart decision. Get Lamar some extra rest. Yes, I know the Ravens would have a bye and there would be two weeks of rest. Maybe that the momentum would be killed. But that's a discussion for another day. Lamar wins his fifth AFC Player of the Week honors for his performance against the Jets where he went 15 of 23 for 212 yards and five touchdowns. He also had eight rushing attempts for 86 yards and in the process of those rushing yards broke Michael Vick's single season record for a quarterback. So again, congratulations to Lamar Jackson on that record. But again, another great week for Lamar Jackson, and the honor shows it. And I tweeted, let's just name the award after him at this point. He's been dominating. And yeah, maybe it's a little early, but I'm riding this Lamar Jackson hype train until the wheels fall off. And I don't expect those wheels to fall off for many, 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 many years. The Ravens sent 12 players to the Pro Bowl on Tuesday night. What an accomplishment. That ties the all-time record in Orlando Brown and Sam Cooker alternate, so it could end up being 13. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Patrick Ricard, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Earl Thomas, Justin Tucker, Morgan Cox, just among the few, Matthew Judon and Ronnie Stanley also in that bunch. What a year. What a year for this Ravens team. They were sitting at 2-2. Two and two. They were down in the dumps. No one knew what the future of this team was going to be. No one knew what direction they were heading in. And it's just been a joy. It's been an absolute joy to watch this Ravens team. And now the rewards are starting to pay off. But hopefully... They're not sending anybody to Orlando because they will be on their way just a few hours down the road to Miami, where they will hopefully be participating in the Super Bowl. But again, John Harbaugh's mantra here, 
one week at a time. And with one week at a time, that's how you have to take injuries, just one week at a time. And let's now get into the Ravens injury report for Wednesday, and it was a good one. The Ravens only had four players not practicing in Mark Ingram, Jimmy Smith, Earl Thomas, and Marshall Yonda. And all four of those guys were not injury-related. They were all veteran days, and that's been the routine throughout the entire season. They'll let those veterans rest, get their bodies right, and that's why they've been able to have some prolonged careers here, especially when you look at Marshall Yonda and even Jimmy Smith, how they've handled their bodies over the years. Jimmy Smith is particularly injury-prone, so they have to manage his body well. They've managed his reps as well in the actual games. So it's good to see the Ravens exercising a bit of caution when it comes to their veterans. Ronnie Stanley and Chris Board, two players who missed that Jets game on Thursday night with concussions, both were full participants in practice, boating extremely well for their chances to play on Sunday against the Browns. And so it's all hands on deck for this upcoming matchup. And it's a big one. The Ravens still have stuff to play for, stuff to win. And that's why I think that when we get into our game preview, it's going to be a lot of hard-nosed football against the Browns. And every Raven who is there to contribute will be there. Every Raven that's needed to contribute will be there to do so. But now let's get into the quotes. John Harbaugh discussed Greg Roman potentially becoming a head coach. We've talked about this on the show for the past few weeks. We've heard Don Martindale's name, the defensive coordinator. We've heard his name come up in some coaching rumors recently. And he would be an exceptional head coach, but now we're starting to see Greg Roman's name pop up too. And I mean... (laughs) And I mean, why wouldn't his name pop up? He is leading the leading offense, the leading rushing offense. He has so much success with these mobile quarterbacks. You mentioned Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, now Lamar Jackson. He's revolutionizing the game in a way that nobody really expected. The league was going pass happy. You saw these 400-yard passing games, not a lot of rushing attempts, but Greg Roman has kind of reeled that all back in. And when John Harbaugh was asked about Greg Roman becoming a head coach, He said, quote, he would be a great head coach, no doubt about it. Just see how this stuff plays out. I always support our guys if they can get an opportunity to advance as head coaches in this league or in college. That's something that you want, end quote. Now, we all know the Ravens have been an absolute head coaching factory for years and years and years now. The list is absolutely extensive, mostly defensive coordinators, but some Ravens offensive coordinators have had success and they've gone on too. Gary Kubiak is the one that comes to mind right now. But you mentioned Marvin Lewis, Rex Ryan, Jack Del Rio, Chuck Pagano. I mean, the list on and on and on and on. A lot of people have had success as coordinators in Baltimore and they've gone on. And that's why you've seen a lot of turmoil with the coordinators having new people come in and do their job and get a head coaching job. And the cycle continues. The fact that John Harbaugh wants this for his guys. Yes, John Harbaugh, there's probably a piece of him that doesn't want this to happen because they've had so much success. And we saw this with the 2014 offense with Joe Flacco. That offense was exceptional. And then Gary Kubiak left and the offense suffered because of it. John Harbaugh was happy for Gary Kubiak. I was happy for Gary Kubiak. But a lot of people thought that he was the answer to the Ravens offensive quote-unquote woes that they were having. And I think that Greg Roman, yes, he's a phenomenal offensive coordinator. But the Ravens can find somebody who can run this same scheme And they have the key. They have the key that starts the engine in Lamar Jackson. They have the personnel. They have the personnel groupings. They can remake this system 
Now, I'm not for the constant turmoil of offensive coordinators that Joe Flacco went through. We saw him go through a numerous amount, and I don't want the same for Lamar Jackson. That would be Lamar's third offensive coordinator in three years. But I think that with the way that John Harbaugh carries himself, carries himself within the team and within his staff, like Spencer said on the show on Tuesday, this is a place where you will get rewarded for good performance on the field. And this is another example where the Ravens aren't going to block their guys from interviewing. They want what's best for them. They are human beings. They have a big goal in mind. And of course, Greg Roman wants to become an offensive coordinator. That is his goal. And that should be his goal. And he deserves it for what he's done in Baltimore. So yes, I'd be upset if Greg Roman left, but I'm confident in the ability of the Ravens to go out, find somebody else who can become that next Greg Roman, essentially, and lead the Ravens back to the promised land, hopefully the year after they get there this year. And then Lamar Jackson was asked if it was Super Bowl or bust for this Ravens team. And he said, quote, I'm not even going to put that in my head any further went on by saying that the Super Bowl is the goal for every team and the Ravens just have to get there. I mean, that's exactly what John Harbaugh has been saying to his guys. And there are probably multiple ways you can interpret this quote and what he said and whatnot. But Lamar Jackson wants to get to that Super Bowl, but he knows, he knows, and the Ravens know, they cannot look too far ahead or else it won't work. They won't get there because they'll be peaking a bit too much and they'll be overlooking an opponent and then it'll all just fall down. Lamar Jackson knows that. John Harbaugh's relayed that message time and time again. We've talked about it on this show. And it's just impossible to overstate the fact that John Harbaugh knows what's best for these players. Mark Ingram said that John Harbaugh is a player's coach and that they want to go out and fight for him because he knows that John Harbaugh has the players' backs. And so that is replicated within the players. The players have John Harbaugh's back, and that's what makes this team so good. Lamar Jackson's having fun. Mark Ingram's having fun. Matthew Judon's having fun. Marshall Yonda seems to be having the most fun he's had in his entire career. This team is just fun to watch, and we've talked about it. The way that they carry themselves, the way that they genuinely have fun together, it's an absolute joy to watch. So when this season is all said and done, no matter how far the Ravens get, we know that they had fun doing it, and that next year is going to be even better. Even if the Ravens do win the Super Bowl, it's going to be an even better year next year. We are going to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to get into the preview of the Browns game, starting with that preview and getting into what that game looked like last year, what the team said about it last year, and how they're different going into it now in Week 16. So stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. But before we do that, if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Rap to show us your top Locked On podcasts for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Ravens or at Chaos Striker 34 on Twitter, and we'll share and retweet. Welcome back to the second segment of this Locked on Ravens episode on this Thursday. Kevin Ostriker still with you here. And we just got into the general Ravens news notes and quotes. But now, let's talk about this 40-25 to Ravens loss that will probably bring back some painful memories for some. And it brings back some for me as well. It was not a pretty one. Especially because most of us thought that this game wasn't going to go the way it did. I predicted a Ravens victory here. I thought it was going to be a decently easy game considering the Ravens were at home. The Browns seemed to have struggled for a bit. They were at 1-2. The Ravens were at 2-1, just coming off a loss to Kansas City. And it just didn't go that way. The Ravens gave up over 500 yards of total offense, allowing Nick Chubb to get 165 yards on 20 carries and three touchdowns. Baker Mayfield threw for over 340 yards. Jarvis Landry had 167 yards on just eight receptions. It was a tough one for this Ravens team and a tough one in multiple ways in the after effects of it bled into the locker room there was that post-game argument between Brandon Williams and Earl Thomas 
Earl Thomas, as some might remember, pulled up on that Nick Chubb long, long touchdown run where Tony Jefferson completely misplayed the ball, and I think Kenny Young missed an assignment too. Earl Thomas pulled up and let Nick Chubb run and didn't go all out, and the reasoning he gave was he didn't want to pull a hamstring. He didn't want to get injured on a play that he knew was over, and that didn't sit well with Brandon Williams or Ravens fans, but Brandon Williams did not play in this game because of a knee injury, and Earl Thomas kind of called him out and thought that Williams was healthy enough to play. You don't really hear about that stuff in the Ravens locker room. That was new to most fans. It was new to me, probably new to some of those players because as we just talked about in the last segment, the Ravens this year have just been a joy to watch and their locker rooms don't usually have that drama-filled aspect to it. Well, in a game like this, the Ravens' season was essentially on the line when they traveled to Pittsburgh because they needed an identity. They needed something to go right for them. And so I want to look at what the Ravens players and Ravens coaches said after this game just to understand where they were at this point and how much of a dramatic change it has been to where we are now as we look ahead to Week 16 against the Browns. But first, let's look at a quote that Mark Ingram said just yesterday about the team that they were in Week 4. Mark Ingram was asked about the loss of the Browns in Week 4, and he said, That was our last loss, and it wasn't good. I don't think we're that team anymore, end quote. And they're not that team anymore, both mentally and literally physically with the bodies they have on the roster. Again, we've mentioned it, 10 new defensive players on the team that weren't there in Week 4. There are a lot of guys who this is going to be their first game against Cleveland this year. And even some Ravens who were out with injury, Brandon Williams, I mentioned, and also Jimmy Smith did not play in this game. But in terms of what Ravens players and coaches said after this game in Week 4, John Harbaugh said on how he felt about fixing those defensive problems, quote, we just have to clean it up. The Browns did a good job. It's as simple as that. When you have a gap control or responsibility on a run play, you have to be there. When you have a coverage responsibility, you have to do it. It's as simple as that. We're not disciplined right now in that sense. If we don't do our assignment like we're supposed to too many times, it's costing us big plays, end quote. And some of the problems with that Ravens team in week four and in the previous weeks too was the fact that there were communication issues. Patrick Owasso had that green dot, and that's something that I actually forgot for a while until I remembered it just a few weeks ago that Chuck Clark has not always had that green dot. Patrick Owasso was at first tasked with having that green dot in his helmet. C.J. Mosley was the one who had it last year, but he departed for the Jets. The Ravens lost those four key defensive starters in Mosley, Eric Weddles, Terrell Suggins, and Darius Smith. Those are veterans who are smart guys, who knew the playbook, who were in Baltimore, and the Ravens went and replaced them with young guys who had also been in Baltimore, but also veterans who hadn't been. And this, it was that combination of having inexperience plus veterans who weren't there. And there were communication issues. We saw multiple big plays that were busted. The Nick Chubb run, I'll go back to again. That was a huge play where there were multiple gap assignments missed, one by Tony Jefferson. The communication was not where it needed to be on a playoff or a championship football team. And we heard it. The communication needs to get better. We have to do better at communicating. We have to be better in practice. That was a lot of the stuff that was being repeated week after week. And it was still an issue for a bit in week five, but Chuck Clark took over for Tony Jefferson. And I think that is where it clicked. Spencer and I talked about how important Chuck Clark has been to this team and how underrated he's been also. And now, of course, I don't wish injury upon anyone. I wish Tony Jefferson were healthy. I wish Deshaun Elliott were healthy. I'm a huge Deshaun Elliott fan. I think he's going to be a great safety in this league. But what Chuck Clark has been to this Ravens team is a stabilizing presence who was able to get the defense organized. And John Harbaugh talks about gap control or responsibilities or coverage responsibilities. Chuck Clark makes sure that everybody knows their assignments. 
And I don't think that was the case in weeks one through four. The Ravens, I don't think some of them knew their assignments, and that's just the fact of getting into playing the game of football, getting into playing a game for 60 minutes at NFL speed. It's tough, and it's not going to be perfect, and it still won't be perfect even in week 16. There probably will be communication issues, but now we don't hear it as an excuse because Chuck Clark has gone in and done a phenomenal job at making sure that that's not the case anymore. Lamar Jackson was asked if the Browns defense was playing like the Chiefs and were taking away the deep passes. He said, quote, yeah, absolutely, but we still have to execute whichever play we get, whatever we're doing, get down the field, keep the job going. We're not trying to put our defense out there with no points. That's our job and we didn't do it today, end quote. This has been something that Lamar Jackson has been echoing ever since this game and he's been echoing throughout the entire season. He hates putting that defense out there with no points on the board on any singular drive that the Ravens have. He wants to score on every drive. We've seen that passion. We saw it in Seattle with the fourth down play where the, you know, the hell yeah, let's go for it, coach. We saw it again last week against the Jets where he was violently waving the punting unit off of the field and they went for it on their own 20-something, I believe it was. Lamar Jackson wants to score it and in the mic'd up episodes, you hear him saying, we're not going to put you out there with no points, or coach, we didn't score, I hate putting them out there with no points, or things along those lines. Lamar Jackson knows that any point in a football game, the opposing offense can go down, score seven points, get the momentum, and if you're not putting up points to combat that, it can easily become a different game. In terms of the Chiefs taking away those deep passes and the Browns taking away those deep passes, we don't really see those deep passes anymore, per se. Lamar Jackson likes to work between the numbers, get to the outside, throw those passes to the sideline. We saw it on Thursday against the Jets with those two long touchdown bombs, one to Marquise Brown, the other to Seth Roberts. Also, Marquise Brown drawing that pass interference. But it seems like that part of the Ravens' offense has sort of fizzled out. They're not taking as many deep shots. They kind of hold it to short to intermediate routes, maybe a medium to deep pass over the middle of the field. But Lamar Jackson isn't throwing it 50 yards down the field mostly. Lamar Jackson isn't throwing it 60 yards. We saw it in Seattle with Miles Boykin. He's not doing that as much anymore. The Ravens are methodically trying to get yards, put them in good third down situations where they don't have to throw those bombs, so they'll run it on first down, do a short pass on second down, get them in third and two, third and three, and that's what's been working for this Ravens offense. For those who don't remember, Mark Ingram fumbled in this game. He's been very good with the ball, but he's fumbled twice. The Cleveland game was one of them. They were only down one score, and Mark Ingram was asked about the fumble. He said, quote, I fumbled. It really proved detrimental to our team. We were down one score, moving the ball well, and they were able to get a touchdown out of it. So I put our team in a bad position. Now we are playing a game of catch-up, end quote. The Ravens have been so successful this year because they really haven't been down. They're able to get up by two or three scores, and then even if the opposing offense comes back or storms back, they still have a solid lead. When Mark Ingram fumbled this ball against Cleveland, it was not his fault. He is a guy who protects the ball with all his might. Players just make a better punch on the ball where they rip it out of his arms. It's not him being lackluster with that football. But Mark Ingram is exactly right. They were playing a game of catch-up once he fumbled that football, and they were only down one score. If they had scored a touchdown on that drive, boom, that's a tie game, momentum shifts, and it's a different football game. But then the Ravens got in a bad position with the touchdown, and you've seen them be careful with the ball. Lamar Jackson threw two interceptions in this game. Mark Ingram lost the fumble, and Lamar Jackson also fumbled the football, but he ended up recovering if the team didn't lose that one. The Ravens have been so careful with this football. Before the Buffalo game, Lamar Jackson hadn't thrown an interception since week five. That pick against Buffalo on the Willie Sneed deflected pass was the first interception Lamar Jackson had thrown since week five. Week six to week 14, Lamar Jackson did not throw an interception. The Ravens are careful with the football. 
they don't put the team in bad positions anymore like they did in Cleveland. At least they've been a lot, a lot better about it. Brandon Carr, who's considered one of the leaders on this team, the Ravens nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year, was asked about the multiple concerns on defense that popped up after this game against Cleveland. And so he said, quote, fix it all. Take it one day at a time. Chip away. You see it. We know what's going on. We see it as well. There are a lot of areas we can improve on up front, in the middle, on the back end. We all have our work cut out for improvement. We can't point fingers at each other. We all have different things that we can get better in to make this defense better. It's just going to take all hands on deck. Guys in the locker room for the rest of the season. It just takes time. It's a long process, but trust the process. Process, end quote. And this was really foreshadowing because the Ravens did take it one step at a time. They chipped away. This was the game where the Ravens decided something needed to change. Change personnel-wise, change mindset-wise. They brought in Josh Bynes and LJ Ford after this game. They got rid of Tim Williams. They made sure that they were able to get a grip of everything that they were doing wrong. And no, it wasn't absolutely perfect after week five. There were still some dents in the armor. But then the Ravens get Marcus Peters in week seven, and it has been a completely different defense. And that's what happens when you're able to bring in personnel who fit your system, don't point fingers at each other, and make sure that they're able to get on the same page. If you start blaming people for others' mistakes, and if you start blaming people for their own mistakes, that just gets into a whole other territory of bad camaraderie, bad teamwork, bad teammates, whatever. The Ravens don't have any of that. Brandon Carr knew that as long as they stayed calm, it would come with time, and that's exactly what happened, so I'm glad that Brandon Carr was able to kind of sense that. The Ravens sensed it as well. They went out, made the necessary adjustments in their defense, and now look where we are, 12-2 and and looking for that top slot in the AFC. We are going to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to be getting into our mini-game preview of the Ravens at Browns game, so stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. But before we do that, MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry. And this holiday season, they're getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of risk-free gifts, a new gift every single day. So you can take your game to the next level. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ever ask for, MyBookie is here to make Christmas great for you. Head over to mybookie.a-g right now and use our promo code Locked On to get half of your initial deposit and free wagers, and that's just the start of your savings. Make sure to check out the site during this promotion because they're going to be something new every single day, and you're going to want to take advantage of these deals. So go sign up for mybookie with our code Locked On and start winning today. Welcome back to the final segment of this Locked On Ravens episode. Kevin Oshaker is still with you here. And let's get into the preview of this Ravens at Browns game, this mini preview. And we have to first start on the Browns side with Baker Mayfield. He had over 340 yards passing against the Ravens in week four, but it has not been all sunshines and rainbows for the second year quarterback out of Oklahoma. He's completed 60.1% of his passes for 3,356 yards. That's an average of 247.4 yards a game. He has 17 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. He only has a quarterback rating of 48.2. That is not wonderful. Baker seems to have regressed a bit after enjoying a phenomenal rookie season. And part of it has to do with coaching, I guess. Freddie Kitchens is not the right guy for this job, unfortunately. He seemed to have a very nice connection with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback coach. And then moving on to the offensive coordinator job. 
But I really thought Greg Williams should have gotten this job. And the job that Freddie Kitchens has done with all the talent that surrounds Baker Mayfield with Nick Chubb, Odo Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, David Njoku. I mean, David Njoku was a healthy scratch against Arizona last week. And he was supposed to be an integral part of this offense. He went on injured reserve after suffering an injury, came back, was designated for a return. And just was not a part of that offense. They've gone with Ricky Seals-Jones instead. Ricky Seals-Jones had a big game against the Ravens in that week 4-1. Hauling in three receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. But it just hasn't been the same Cleveland Browns team. This team is worse than last year's team. That team showed promise. This team has shown some regression, unfortunately, for them. And it's led to people like Odell and Jarvis Landry allegedly saying, Come get me, coach. Or come get me, dude, like to different coaches and players around the league. And that's not something that you want because John Dorsey has done a pretty good job of assembling talent on this team. It just hasn't gone the way they thought it was. Nick Chubb, though, absolute beast. He is going to be the X factor. The Ravens have to make sure this game does not go like it did in week four when it comes to Nick Chubb. He has 1,408 yards on the season. That's a 5.2 yards per carry average based off the 270 attempts he has. He has eight touchdowns and he's also making his way as a receiver as well. 35 receptions for 277 yards. No touchdowns through the air, but still making his mark. The leading receiver for the Browns is Jarvis Landry. He has 74 receptions for 1,018 yards. Odo Beckham has 67 receptions for 910 yards, although the duo only has seven touchdowns combined. That's not great. Those two guys are known for their high touchdown numbers, especially Odo Beckham. It has not been the season that Odo Beckham was imagining when he came over to play with his best friend and Jarvis Landry in Cleveland. But the big one on defense for the Ravens is the fact that Miles Garrett will not be on the field for this matchup after his incident with Mason Rudolph. He's suspended for the remainder of the season and possibly well into next as well. Who knows? But it's at the minimum for the remainder of this season. Garrett was only held to one tackle by Ronnie Stanley and the rest of that Ravens offensive line. He was not a big factor in this game, but he's a game wrecker. He can show up at any point in the season. I mean, overall for 2019, before he ended up getting suspended, Garrett had 10 sacks in 10 games. That's impressive. He's a freak athlete, a huge bully for offensive linemen. So him not being in the game, plus Olivier Vernon also might not be playing this week. That one-two punch would be big big for Cleveland if they didn't have them and also big for the Ravens. In terms of the sack numbers for the Ravens and the Browns, the Ravens currently sit at 43 sacks. They are now tied for 11th in the entire league while the Browns are a ways down there with 37. They're tied for 22nd. What a turn of events for this Ravens team and I point this out because again I think this is going to be the x factor for this Ravens team getting to Baker Mayfield, putting him under pressure We've seen what Baker Mayfield can do when he's on the run. We've seen what Baker Mayfield can do when he has too much time to throw. I mean, we've seen what any quarterback can do when he has too much time to throw. The Ravens have to make sure that they keep Baker Mayfield in the pocket. They keep him under pressure. They blitz five or more because it doesn't seem like the Ravens get a ton of pressure with four rushers. That's just not what they've been doing well. But when they bring the blitzes, when they confuse the quarterback, again, the Ravens have success against rookie and second-year signal callers. Baker Mayfield has been one of the exceptions in a few of the games he's played against Baltimore. I think that it's going to be important for Baker Mayfield to stay under pressure, 
And I think the Browns are going to employ that exact same game plan against Lamar Jackson. They want to make him feel flustered, but the difference with Lamar Jackson is he can get out of it. He's improved on his throwing when he's on the run. He's improved on making better decisions instead of trying to float the ball up and maybe getting picked off. He'll throw it out of bounds. He wants to live to make sure that he can make another play. He doesn't want to have a drive end on an interception that was a bad decision. He's improved so much, and it seems like Baker Mayfield has unfortunately regressed. And it makes for a good QB matchup because in week four, Spencer alluded to it, Baker Mayfield in the huddle said, we have to make Lamar Jackson bleep and throw and it's our game. Well, that's not the case anymore. If you make Lamar Jackson throw, it's still the Ravens game to win. And I think this is exactly that, a Ravens victory. I said 35 to 24 in the crossover episode. I'll stick with it. I think the box score doesn't tell the whole story, though. I think that it'll be more of a dominant win than that box score shows. But yeah, a 35-24 to Ravens victory, that's where I'm sticking. That's all I have for you today. Tomorrow, we're going to have our full game preview and predictions episode. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow.